what we just what I just asked about, but this one is uh, it's what's an insult with quotes that you've received that you're proud of. An insult. <clears throat> yes. Um. Hmm. I don't know. I'm pretty introverted. I, I don't really. Are don't you? Really talk to, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I'm really introverted. Like people okay. wouldn't know that. Like even though I'm on YouTube all over the place, like. I pretty much live in my little dungeon here and work and sit in my room by myself and then watch TV by myself in the middle of the night. And then, um, you know, I think probably like, um, just probably like a lot of doubting people, you know, like, for example, like when I started to play online poker back in the day, everybody around me is like, you can't make money playing online poker. You know, I don't believe in you essentially is when they're telling, that's essentially how I felt it is when they tell me I can't do something or you can't do something, whether it's nobody can make money playing poker or you can't do it. I take it as an insult, but you know, I'm really, <clears throat> really what they're saying is they don't believe they could do it in their mind. So therefore they don't believe you could do it. And so like when I started playing poker, like everybody around me told me, you can't make money, you're going to lose everything. And guess what I did? And it was the exact opposite. And then they all wanted to pay me to teach them how to do what I was doing or play their money. And then when I had online poker uh, go out, a very similar thing that happened was, you know, I went into real estate investing and guess what happened? Everybody's like, you can't do that. You're a poker player. All you know how is play poker. And I'm like, okay, well, guess what? I didn't know how to play poker either. And I became, I got to the top of the industry. So I'm going to do the same thing in this industry. And I don't care what you say or who you think I am or what you believe about me. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it right in your face. And you're going to do this. <laughs> you know, you're going to watch me do it. And I went and did it again. I became one of the most successful real estate investors in the country. And along the way, what happened was I went on to YouTube, similar thing. Everybody's talking, you know, you can't do that. Why are you going on YouTube? Why are you wasting your time filming these videos? It's never going to work. And it's just doubting. Once again, I just completely bypassed everybody's doubt and in, in their own opinions. And I went through and I built one of the largest educational real estate YouTube channels in the country. Then when I started eXp, you're a real estate investor. You're a YouTuber. You're not even a real estate agent. What makes you think you're going to go get your real estate agent or get your license and then compete in, in a different industry, essentially, even though we're, I mean, a different model, I guess, in the same industry. So the point I'm saying is it does not matter who's around you and what they're telling you. And sometimes the most vicious type of advice is coming from the closest around us, like our parents and our, our boyfriends and our girlfriends or children and things like this. You need to focus on what you want to do with your life. Don't let the noise around you distract you. You can become anything you want to be if you really want it bad enough. And everybody else around you doesn't want you to become that because it makes it look bad upon them with why they're failing in their own life. And so I think those would be probably the, the criticisms or insults would just like, but it fueled me, right? Because I just like, I like to prove people wrong. And that was the the gas in my gas tank was the self doubt or the doubt that was creating my self doubt that was almost too much because the doubt of everybody around me. So if your self doubt is influenced because of doubt from the external world, once again, talking about do you control your future? Does the external world control your future? Uh, you need to guard these thoughts. And so yeah, there's a lot of that type of stuff that probably was probably more than just like insults. And then obviously, like being on YouTube, go through my comment section, I probably got a billion you know, like yeah. stuff, but I don't I don't really look at that because it's like if you guys are going on YouTube and someone's hating on you, it's kind of like, why is somebody who I'll never meet who lives in a, somewhere else so upset that I'm giving free information on the Internet? It's not an issue with me. It's an issue with them and their own and their own life. And they're just angry. And when they reach out and say something bad about you for that moment of time, they feel like they're the big man and they're in control before they go back to their small life, essentially. And so if you guys are on YouTube, you're going to get a lot of that. Everybody does. It's just part of it. Don't let it get to you. It's, it's nothing to do with you. Absolutely. And so my, my next question is like the, the question I want to, I want to get a quote from you around like marketing. So 
question is like, what's one piece of advice around marketing for, you know, people in our industry, real estate entrepreneurs, agents, investors, what's one piece of advice you would give them about marketing? Yeah, I don't think people think of marketing like they do as a business. And so I, I want you to think about your marketing as you do income streams. So think about like three different ways to create income. You have active income, which is a direct time being traded to create that income stream. And then you have the two income streams that create wealth, which are equity models and passive income models. And so active income would be like selling houses, flipping houses, you know, working a job. Once you trade your time and stop trading your time, I mean, your income completely stops. Stop trying to flip houses, your income stops. So equity grows without your time allocated to grow it. So if you buy a stock, it's going to expand. It can grow it's triples. Let's say you bought a rental property, the market went up. So that's why you can create, uh, you grow your net worth with equity models because they expand without your time into it. But passive income is really what I want to talk about here in comparison to mark uh, and to compare in a comparison to marketing, which is residual income is an income stream. You trade your time to create one time that comes in over and over and over like rental income or EXP's revenue share model. So the first thing is when it comes to marketing, if you have one way of generating business, you have one income stream. And then what happened to me was why I, I went such so deep into uh, debt and all that that I was struggling at that time was I had one income stream. And when it disappeared, which was online poker, even though it was a great way to create a living, I had no income stream and it destroyed my life. So the first thing is you need multiple streams of income. And how many do you need? I believe you need a minimum of three, as many as you can get. Because if you have two and you lose one, you're right back to that same risky position. So if you have three and you lose one, you have two and you have time to get back to that third one. Now, what you need to think about is when it comes to marketing, you need multiple marketing channels. So for example, I knew a lot of people that were making millions of dollars, uh, or you heard about all these people back during like the last crash, buying out of auction sites or uh, from auction companies like in Arizona and things like that. Well, guess what happened when those auctions dried up? Those investors that were making millions was like me as an online poker player. I had one way of generating business. And when that one marketing channel disappeared, my income stopped. So you need to have three different ways to generate business. And you're, think of it that way is for, for protecting your business. So if your number one way is direct mail and you don't have anything else going on, well, what happens if direct mail stops or goes away or can't convert it the way that you're thinking? What if your one way is video marketing? What if your one way is network marketing, you know, and building referrals? So start thinking of how to have multiple streams of marketing to protect yourself if one doesn't work as well as you thought it would or goes away. And then think about how passive income versus residual income or passive income versus active income works. What's the difference between active income and passive income? Well, if you look at versus marketing, active marketing would be me door knocking a door, me cold calling someone. Let's say I spend 15 minutes to go knock a door or cold call someone, right? And have that conversation with a client, potential client. That's 15 minutes for one client trading their time unit for potential conversion to me, whereas I have 15 minutes to being tra traded to them. That's an active income component. And if I don't knock on another door and I don't make another phone call, I have no more business potential coming in. What if we thought about our marketing residually or reactively, or as we took the same time we were using cold call people or door knock, and we use this to create videos or put things out there that are reactionary, like billboards or, or things that are on the side of the road, things that will be out there in front of the consumer with a reactionary approach, meaning they're out there in front of people, they can contact you today, tomorrow, in the future, and it's not the one-to-one -one time relationship, which is where most people struggle to build a business. So you need multiple ways of generating leads because if you only have one and it goes away, your business is done. You're going to panic at that moment. And then you need to start thinking about how to generate leads through reactionary or passive type of marketing, which would be, you know, videos on the internet, billboards, outdoor advertising, things that are out there uh, that can be reacted to, to contact you that are out there giving you more time conversion. Thank you, Connor. I appreciate that. And I, I've, I was thinking, so 
I wanted quotes and I knew you would. That's why I appreciate you. Like you would go into detail. So I actually think that's probably going to be like a, a bonus chapter and we'll expand on it. And I'll put that in the book. I'll keep you updated, but that's like a full chapter. And it's very <laughs> important. We have like very similar concepts around marketing. People think you do this thing one time, you go do the, the one TikTok or the one video and then you stop and it's like, oh, I'm not getting it. Well, you got to be, you, you got to treat it like a business. Think about it in other ways. So I appreciate that. And you always make the same comparison, like door knocking, cold calling, then you got the digital stuff that you do that goes constantly. So I appreciate you saying that. We're going to move on to the closing questions. And I have three closing questions and then we can get out of here. So the first question okay. is pretty easy. Uh, what are three book? What are three books that you recommend to the audience and why? Um, I, mean, I know you got, like I know you one. got a lot, you know, <laughs> yeah, I know it can yeah. be hard to select, but no. So, I mean, like the guaranteed ones that like most every okay. entrepreneur should read are obviously think and grow rich, rich dad, poor dad. If you're a believer, I would say the Bible, a lot of people don't understand that it's probably one of the best business books ever written. And most people don't even think about that. Um, how to influence, how to win friends and influence people, um, power, positive thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. And then you go, and then you've got just like, <clears throat> you know, all sorts of different like efficiency books by Brian Tracy out there. Um, but there's a book called The Power of the Subconscious Mind. I, I believe it's by um, John Murphy or John Murray. That's a good book. Joseph. Joseph Murphy. Joseph Murphy. Good. Yep. Yep, thank you. Um, Bob Proctor's book uh, was it called Born to Be Sold or something. I can't even. I've read so many there in the past, but I'd probably read any, but any books by Napoleon Hill, Bob Proctor, Brian Tracy, Les Brown, Zig Ziglar, John Maxwell, uh, John Maxwell for leadership books are incredibly, uh, are incredible. He's got a lot of them. Um, let's see what, what else would be books that people should focus on. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of them. I don't want to give them too many to go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, but, that's that's um, yeah, that's great right there. You give them more than enough. Usually people give three. So I think that's excellent. You also mentioned like the Bible. I got like my bookshelf behind me and I keep that Bible right there. That's one of those books I got. I have every author that you named as well. And I touched just about each of those books with the exception of Power of Positive Thinking. So I'm writing that down. I'm going to get that on my list as well. So well, next question is very similar. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, just elaborate on that. So like going back, if I go back into every skill set that should be built in order, the first one, and there's a book called Influence by Robert Saldini, C-I-A-I-L-D-I-N-I or something like that. It's called Influence. He's written a couple other books. The number one thing you need to learn about and as far as skill sets, not how to raise money, not how to do marketing, not how to do accounting, not how to do payment processing and all this stuff. Learn how to communicate because that drives every other thing in your business. So if you can communicate well and you have the ability to influence because life is a battle of communication and influence right now, I'm trying to influence you in some way, you, you know, your partners are going to influence you. Your girlfriend's going to influence you. Your parents are going to influence you. Everybody's in a battle of influence and especially in business. So the number one skill set you guys should be working on the beginning of your business is how to learn how to communicate well, how to convert through communication, how to learn how tempo pauses and how to use colors and uh, images and, and shapes and how to understand to control conversations through questions and how to understand tempo pauses and how to exit and start conversations. These are the, going to be the number one, this is going to be the number one set of skill sets to focus on. And um, there's a book called how to talk to anyone in like 92 little tricks. It's like a big yellow book. That's a good book on that. Talks a lot about that uh, body language. And then I'd be focusing on body language and, and uh, tells and things like that. So those are, some things I'd be focusing on in some different books as well. You, you always over deliver. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, 
Yep. The next question is very similar. We're just switching the media, right? So it's like, what are some, and I'm not even going to say three, right? So the number is usually three, but podcasts, what are some podcasts that you recommend to the audience and why? Hmm. Well, I don't really watch too many podcasts anymore. Um, I mean, I, I like Ed Milet's podcast or like Ed the, the episodes Ed Milet does. Um, I like. What about Cliff? So you just was there. Is this good? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Cliff. Cliff is a good podcast. Yeah. Cliff Freeman's got a good one. There's a lot of people there. I'm really thinking like huge, uh, you know, Cliff's massive in the, in the real estate space, but I'm thinking more like, you know, global big name entrepreneur that's like, you know, traveling the planet, you know, speaking at big events type of people. Um, Cliff should be. <laughs> he's, he's, he's good at what he does. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I like I'll, I'll watch Patrick Bet David's podcast. I did that okay. for a little bit. Um, I don't know if I watch like specific podcasts as much as I watch okay. like, specific people. You know, like, like if I find someone that I like, I'll start Googling them and then I'll uh, find every podcast that they've done. If I, if I come across somebody new, like, for example, like some of you guys are going to come across this, you may not know, know who I am. You might want to go over and start going down the rabbit hole on my YouTube channel and start to follow me, if that makes sense. And so like, what I do is instead of watching podcasts, uh, like I'll find a person that I like and I'll go to their YouTube channel and I'll sort it by oldest to newest and I'll start watching their oldest videos first, which are usually their best videos. And the reason why I think old videos on YouTube channels have been around for four to six years are the best is because think about how hard it is to keep coming up with new content. And usually when people start their channel, they're giving out the farm and they're giving the best that they can, if that makes sense. They're, they're giving it all out because they're trying to do the best they can to build their channel. So I like to start from people's the bottom and I'll just start from right to left and I'll go, through every line and it may take a month it may take two weeks it may take a couple months but i'll go through every single video that that person has on their channel and then i i and now i take notes and i make little audio uh <clears throat> like let's say it's like a 30 minute video and like page or not page but like minute 17 30 to 1902 is like a really good little conversational talking point or something like that i'll put into excel i'll put the youtube link and i'll put that like section there so i don't have to go back and watch the whole thing now, what is that equivalent to? It's kind of like if you guys read a book and you're highlighting paragraphs in the book, if that makes sense. But I'm doing this with video. So book is a, a video is a book just spoken in audio on camera, if that makes sense. But they're trading information. So I'll, I'll track them and then I'll and I'll make notes of any like really important like thought processes or one liners or quotes that I think are important. And then, and, I'm, and then when I'm done with that channel, I try to stay up with the new videos if I still think it's relevant, unless they're just regurgitating the same stuff over and over. And then I'll go find somebody new and start consuming their entire content package, I guess. It's kind of how I go about it. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate that. And that what you mentioned, like sorting from old to new and then going through all the videos, I've been through that process on your channel and a couple of other people that I respect. <laughs> so yeah, I, I agree. And uh, I remember you were doing a presentation here in Philly and you talked about the, uh, I think it's the Abercrombie. That's your most popular video, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. It's like, why? What happened here? So, yeah, yeah I, I was so going like, through your channel today, gathering uh, just some information and some talking points. And I remember seeing that video. I was like, I'm going to bring that up during the interview. That that yeah, was so, our like, yeah. Yeah. You want me to tell? <laughs> so like, yeah, go I ahead. Had... Tell that story. Yes. So this is why you just get content out there because you never know what's going to stick. So I put this one video out and, um, you know, like 
I was trying to get enough outfits because like, I, you know, obviously if you're going to film hundreds of videos, like you don't want to be wearing like the same few 10 outfits over and over. So I was like, okay, well, I was pulling out old wardrobes and closets. And like, I was also trying to connect with my audience who was like 18 to 25 at the time. And I was like, well, what do I like, you know, I was asking someone, I was like, what do these kids wear these days? And I'm like, not thinking I'm like that old. I'm, I'm like 29 or 30 or something at the time. And I was wearing like Hollister and Abercrombie shirts. That's how disconnected I was from the world because I was living in a dungeon, basically building my businesses for years. And I didn't realize that those are for like high school, maybe college kids at best. And, um, and I just needed different outfits. And like, I pulled out some like old call, like high school, college clothes. And I was working out a little bit at the time so I could still fit, fit in them. And for all, for some reason, I had a video with a pink Hollister shirt on. And one of the algorithm triggers that pushes uh, a promotion of a video is if you have a strong comment thread and a lot of people are in the comment thread. And what happened was haters started bashing me and talking, talking bad about my shirt. And it created like a little section of a thread and people went off on it and it triggered the algorithm and a lot of people bounced in and it drove that video viral it actually became my number one most viewed video on Scott, I think um, five, 600,000 views on it right now or something like that, which is a huge amount of views in comparison to like most of my videos that get a couple thousand views. And so, uh, you know, you just sometimes like weird things happen, but in, you know, you just have to be on YouTube and, uh, you know, keep in putting videos out. Uh, so I don't know why we got off on this tangent on, on that video. Yeah. Sure. And what, what was the video about? <laughs> uh, that was on like nine types of houses to never buy, I okay. believe. And, okay. uh, and yeah. And then I just started out in a weird way, like in the first like minute, I was like, I get so frustrated with people talking about comps, right? Comparable properties. And, and obviously comps are incredibly important, but what I was trying to make a point in an aggressive way was, and you know, saying like comps aren't shit, right? Because they don't mean anything. For example, you know, I'm about to buy a little rental property here. Uh, it's it's wedged in between a main street and literally right behind it, it's wedged between a train track. And so that house, I can't compare that, that sell value to, you know, houses two streets over that are a nice secluded subdivision with no noise and no freak, you know, people coming by, even though literally those neighborhoods are 800 yards away. You know, for example, like, you know, if I have a house that backs up to an overpass, but I'm running comps to that based off 1400 square feet, you know, the average price per square foot, but three houses, you know, houses that are two streets over in the neighborhood don't back up to that. You're not going to get the same price per square foot. So comps are, a very difficult thing to understand that takes time to do. And you learn this as you lose money on properties and you start to realize sometimes it's not always what it just says on surface. And that, and even though the numbers say that doesn't mean that's exa exactly what the house will sell for. And that's what I was trying to get across in that video. And I said like comps are shit at the beginning in like an aggressive way. And I guess like that set the tone for the video and people wanted to watch all the way through to see what I was going to say the rest of the video. And it got like really high watch time. And that's what pushed it uh, a combination of those things. Nice. So we are we are coming up on the end. I have one more question for you. And okay. then uh, j just one more question. So where can listeners find out more about you online? Yeah, I mean, just probably Investor Army. Um, so that's the best way to, to come across me is, you know, there's hundreds of videos out there. And then if you just Google my name and podcast, you'll probably find tens of podcasts I've done out there. I've been on quite a few shows uh, for other people. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can just reach out to me. If you want to reach out to me, uh, my number is 469-855-6963. And yeah, that's my real number. I give it out on podcasts all the time. And I get text messages like, is this really Connor? I'm like, yep. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, if you want to reach out to me, potentially talk about, uh, you know, anything we're doing with the XP or whatever, um, you know, my other businesses and internet marketing, things like that, just reach out to me. And um, yeah.
and, and uh, so I know I said that was the last question. I know we I said that was the last question, but we never like went into it. Maybe we'll do it in the future, but we never went into like a deep dive on EXP and like how the team has grown so fast. So if you could if you could attribute one thing to why the team is growing so fast, what would that be? Uh, I knew it would from day one. So I don't okay. think a lot of people understand what's happening. So like what what you know, so like I try to tell my story. I tell it on all these different podcasts, but like when online poker disappeared, I joined a company called Dub. I actually got my insurance license first. I joined a company called WFG. So talk about Ed Milet. Some of you guys know Ed Milet. He's at the top of Ed, uh, WFG. He built one of the largest organizations there. And they're built with a network, uh, an override team building model similar to how EXP and KW and other companies are. And I started to build a team there and I learned from some of the top team builders. And so when I saw what was happening with uh, exp and i met rob flick and gene frederick and all these top guys basically were one of the biggest integral parts i uh, had one of the most um had a huge impact on building keller williams early on and i'm like well why are all these top top kw people leaving to go to this small startup company i realized they believed it was going to be the the, the the new reset so i need I, I was piggybacking off of what their information was from decades in the business to to make my decision easy and then i just knew with my work ethic and how many businesses I had struggled with and failed at this point, I knew how to be successful at anything and everything I did. And, that, and that'll make sense. Once you guys are successful, you should be able to be dropped into any industry in the three to five years, be at the top of it once your skill sets are where they need to be. And then I just knew that there was a huge runway uh, to be built out. And because I'd built my social media falling, uh, I knew that I was going to be able to get enough in front of enough people. So I know that I was just going to sprint off day one and never take the momentum off. And I was, it was, it was guaranteed in my mind, uh, to build this. And so like uh, the first year I, I recruited 40 people and it turned into over 150. The second year we turned in our, our, our Wolfpack organization grew to over 300. The third year over 600. And last year we were, went to about 1600 agents last year. And so far in the first two months of this year, uh, we're already right at around 1800 agents right now. And we're growing as fast as we have, we've ever grown. And so my belief that this was going to work, I, I knew it was going to work was I believe the reason why we're growing so quick is because my belief in this and then me proving that it would work was pushed through as an energy into the organization that they could do it too. And I, and, and I work on building people's belief systems and self-esteem, not on their skill sets. Once you build the person, they'll build their own business, if that makes sense. So I just kept, you know, pushing and pushing and pushing and trying to keep people focused in the future on a goal that they could achieve. And, and, and I think that that belief from me transcended to the frontline leaders that I brought in and built belief in them. And it created a duplication system. And we just have a, a, a team that everybody's, uh, you know, I guess been trained or, or had an opportunity to grow this business model differently than what a lot of EXP teams are probably doing behind the scenes. Thanks, thanks Connor. And uh, you just, you always, again, you always over deliver and we didn't like deep dive into XP, but you've been one thing I admire is like you've been consistently you provide leadership you lead by example and you do we do that uh you do that leadership call where you teach our team and you do the presentation and we didn't talk about exp so could you talk about that and could you talk about like you 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 and mike you do like the social media like group still right could you talk about those things so people can know how to get access to those things if they're interested or yeah, I mean, so I think EXP is not understood by a lot of agents. And I think a lot of agents don't understand how to create wealth. They understand how to create an income. And so the thing about income is it's created by active income, meaning you trade your time to create this. 
we talked about what creates wealth a little bit ago, which is equity models and residual income models. And so you can create a great income, but it's almost impossible to create wealth quickly by trading your time one unit to one unit, which is what most sales agents do. So they go to like flat fee shops or hundred percent shops and they're like, I'm at a hundred percent. I'm doing, I get, I keep all my commission. You can't keep your way to wealth. You'll never keep your way to being successful. And somebody's, you know, like the one out of a thousand people that actually does, you know, you'll hear that person say, well, I did it. We're looking at like the mass amount of people that are going to do this. So when I was, you know, when I saw EXP and I realized that they had an active sales model, great cap and split with the production model, but then they also had a publicly traded company with five different ways to acquire equity in the company, doing the things we're already doing, selling houses or building a team of agents to sell houses. And then they had this massive residual income team building model called revenue sharing that people are making multiple six figures a month doing. I said, this is the first time that uh, someone like myself as an investor can now be an agent and have both ways of creating or have all three ways of creating income on both sides of the business. So as an investor understands how to create wealth, that's why they own real estate for equity positions and residual income. That's why investors get wealthy and agents, you know, struggle throughout their career to catch up. So I said, well, I have my active income through flipping houses. I have my residual income through ownership of real estate, through rental income and notes and things like this. And I have, uh, you know, equity in the houses, right? So active uh, through flipping. And so I have all ways on one side. Then I saw EXP as a filler because you now have active equity through the stock wards and residual through the revenue share. So on both sides of the business, you have all three ways of creating income. I just remember being like, this means that any lead that I spend money marketing to generate, regardless of the price point or what equity position it has, I'm going to have an exit strategy for it. And then what happened was I knew the revenue share model would be strong and I started building it, which is a team building model, guys. It's similar to kind of how an override tiered structure residual income model would work. And uh, I didn't realize how fast it was going to grow. And once I realized it was going to grow as fast as it did, I put more time into it. And, and it's the fastest way I've ever built a residual income stream of any kind with the lowest amount of risk. And so, you know, in comparison to building a rental portfolio, I'm growing at about 25 to 30 times faster is what I figured. And in just a few years, I built a residual income that's equivalent to probably over 500 rental houses at EXP with the revenue share model. So uh, I think a lot of agents should sit down with someone who can really explain the profit centers and the value centers of EXP, meaning, you know, risk mitigation, time allocation, exiting the business, market share opportunities, you know, things that they're not going to see from just like a generic 101 EXP explained presentation. I think once people get an explanation from like a higher level entrepreneurial mindset and have people break it down where the money goes, where the time goes, where the energy and emotions go, they're never, I've been trying to challenge people for, since I've been here, show me a better business model and I'll move over there. No one's ever even attempted to come close. So I think misinformation is out there. So if you guys want to sit down with someone that can really talk about real numbers, facts, data, logic, business sense, you know, not just emotions and just saying, Hey, it's so great. Come over here without any reason why I can show you the reasons why and use a calculator to do so. And it's going to blow your mind. But um, yeah, so EXP was uh, the, the idea that you can build a residual income for six figures a month with no debt, no assets, no tenants, no toilets, no termites, no back end management processing system is it's unbelievable. It's never happened in business like the way that we're doing it right now. And then on top of that, just like, you know, we've been operating through a cloud-based operating system, AKA what people now know as the metaverse. And we've been doing this for a decade. And not only have we been doing this for almost a decade, people were trashing us and making fun of it. And now we're the coolest thing that's ever hit entrepreneurship right now. And so Facebook is like half a decade or more behind us. And now once launching a Facebook's metaverse, I think the whole world in every industry now realizes how dominant EXP is and how dominant we will be and that we're the frontline runner in every single industry on the planet essentially doing this and we're leading the world. And that's what's really happening right now. Connor, I, I, 
I appreciate you. And again, I keep saying you always over deliver because we were going to do 30 minutes, but we well over. And what one of the things that you said, like we we have some like I saw EXP, I was like, you don't have to tell me. I understand technology. So I was like, don't you it's no convincing. But in addition to like me already seeing where it made sense, is like sitting on our leadership calls where you explain the model and show things that show things to people in a way that makes business sense and business logic, because that's what I care about. Businesses, logic, facts, data statistics. That's what I care about. Seeing that helped me like deepen my stake into the company. And I, I'm telling you, like so many companies reach out to me, hey, Jerome, especially ever since the book, they like want me like, but I'm like, nothing makes more sense. If you can show me that something that makes more sense, I would be happy to have a conversation with you, but nothing makes more sense. So I appreciate yep. you sharing that. And um, can you tell like, what's what's the best way for someone to, so everybody's, I'm pretty sure if you're in the real estate industry, especially if you're an agent, you've heard of EXP. So I've heard of EXP. They've been pitching me, pitching me, pitching me. How can I learn in a way that you're talking about the that the data, the facts, the statistics, or how can I learn from you, Jerome, you Connor directly? How do I get into or have a conversation or a Zoom call with the two of you? Yeah, so you want to sit down with Jerome and I and, and look at what we've created. So one of the things we've done is we've created a massive system with our Wolfpack organization on top of what EXP's provided. We've got investing coaching, you know, social media coaching and training systems behind the scenes, team building academies, weekly reoccurring mastermind calls, international webinar live call systems for you guys to invite agents to to get an explanation of the business model so you don't have to send them videos. And we've built out just a massive system behind the scenes in that when people are finding out what we've created for our partners that they just can't simply find at other organizations at EXP, I think it wows them and uh, they like the idea of the extra value add without having to pay for it. So everything we've created is free for our partners and it's just a system that we created to help you guys be more successful over here. It would take a little bit of time to show you guys all the different things that we created. We'll pull up the screen behind the screen. There's no false promises. We'll actually show you the courses, the academies, and all this that we built out. Everything's physical. Everything's tangible, and you can see it. Uh, so we're not just sitting here, you know, talking with strong words. We're actually showing with our actions and what we've actually created. So if you guys want to sit down with us and kind of pull back the curtain, you want us to run your numbers, which is I think a number one reason probably a lot of agents don't join it. Don't join EXT is nobody ran their net net sheet. And then when we run people's numbers and they realize how much money they actually left on the table or lost last year, or their broker has of theirs currently that they would have had if they were at EXP, it changes the tune. So if you want us to run your numbers and, and let's say you're at hundred percent shop, a top producer, I think it may shock you because we cap at such a low amount. Whereas if you do a large volume, you still keep closing transactions. You still keep, keep paying a transactional fee. And I think a lot of people don't understand how the math breaks out. And when they have someone do it for them, they go, whoa. If I had known that I left $27,000 on the table, I'd probably have had another conversation with you sooner, if that makes sense. So we can do this for you. Just reach out to Jerome. Say you want to hop on a call with the two of us, and we'll, we'll meet you guys on Zoom. And, and we can take a deep look at what you're doing with your business, see if it's a fit to work with us. We'll run your numbers, go over the model. And then if it works, it works. If not, we wish you the best and have a great career. And if not, come over here and swing for the fences, set some big goals, and let's go kill it. Yeah. Thanks, Connor. I really appreciate you. And I don't have any final questions. Do you, before we shut out, do you have any closing statements? Yeah, no, guys, just, you know, like the number one thing in business is it's not skill sets, it's consistency and resiliency and perseverance. So like, it doesn't matter. In, in, the number one thing is that you show up every day and keep going towards your, towards your goals and you don't break momentum. You'll build your skill sets over time. But if you break your consistency and your perseverance in what you're doing, you'll never get there. So focus on staying consistent day in, day out, one step a day, get you a long way. And, uh, you know, just believe in yourself and you guys are going to do great and show up in the future at a better, better destination.
Thank you. Thank you, Connor. I really appreciate that. And we are going to end the podcast. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on the show, man. Absolutely.